hey, a couple things. First of all, can we show that picture of that car? Did I, did I, did I do that up there? Hey, so we'll, uh, so all of you guys that support Inspire 100, we'll take a video of this week. So Michael, we've been taking care of this single grandma's car with baling wire and duct tape, right? Not literally, but as a farm kid, it's like holding it together. And so uh, anyway, so we're giving her this uh, Ford Edge this week. Isn't that cool? So she doesn't know, she doesn't know anything about it. So hopefully she'll, we'll, we'll video it and hopefully she'll let us show it to all you guys. Amen. But just know uh, that's, and I think we're taking care of at least um, three or four people's single mom's mortgages this month. So, uh, well, more to come. So I, I, I want to do the, uh, normally we do the Inspire 100 call tomorrow night, the second, but I'm going to push it to the following because hopefully we'll get video of this. That'd be cool. So I'll, I'll send out an email to all you guys that, uh, for that call. So just all you guys around the country too, thanks for, thanks for giving to that. You know, if, if, this impa- if this ministry is impacted, you can give it to freedomministries.org or Inspire 100 is really uh, just a tangible way. The whole idea was, what if 100 of us gave every month, 100 bucks? And um, I think uh, Ryan and Chelsea, if you guys are watching, we're really uh, uh, got some leads into Burma too where, you know, these, these eight-year-old little girls, virgins are sold for $3,000. I think we found a way that... Uh, we can take care of them in country, which is really cool. So we'll, we'll get some, yeah, I'm excited about that. So they've, they've already got a network in place um, in Burma, which is really exciting to me because that just rips my guts out. So we can show people that, uh, quote, unquote, aren't Christians, whatever the Father's love. Amen? Isn't that what it's about? And that's, that was Jesus' primary message. He says, love your brother as yourself. And so uh, <clears throat> um, you mean I've got to love the Muslims like myself? <laughs> it's a tough one for most Americans, isn't it? But that was his message. So anyway, that's cool. I just think that's, I love that kind of stuff. Um, so uh, Mike, thanks for p- putting that request out and taking care of these. So yeah, amen. That's cool. I was looking at that going, that's a pretty nice car, man. Maybe I want to buy that. <laughs> so anyway, a few testimonies as we saw this um, Oh, this is just fun stuff to me. So I'm just going to, you guys are okay if I share a couple testimonies with you? I love this stuff. They're, they literally are coming in from all over the world right now, which is awesome to me because if, if we're not, to me, I, Barb and I were talking about this this week. I said, you know, I'm really not interested in learning about God as much as I want to experience sonship and daughtership. And what does it look like to actually experience God? Because I, I would always hear people growing up going, um, I've got a relationship with him. And I look at it and I go, if that's a relationship with God himself, then that's lame to me. Because your life doesn't look like you have a relationship with God himself because God's God, right? God's the, the big kahuna. So it, it should look a little bit better than that. That's what I'm after. I'm after the whole thing and nothing less. You guys okay with that? So anyway, so here's a, here's a great one. And, this, um, and I'll share a cool testimony out of this. So this is from Gene and Jennifer O'Fallon out of South Carolina. Uh, with the, the financial testimonies that's been coming in, she said, we've been visualizing that our son's last semester tuition in college would, re- would be reduced low enough so I could just write a check for the full amount. I mean, you guys know that all things are possible to him. <clears throat> so he says, I, I know not, she goes, I know not how, but it went from $23,000 to 9000 Boom, Jennifer O. So that's cool, huh? Now, so all these, and then I just had a dear friend come that follows us online that uh, he and I met this week, and he's, he was motivated by the, he heard the $16,000 that was just deposited in the account, and then the 32000 and then he said, Mike, so Mike, I've been, I've been meditating on $500,000 a month's going to come into my account. I go, all things are possible. That's good. Let's do it, right? <clears throat> and so uh, he said, I've been doing what you're sharing with me. I told Barb this. So he said, I've actually been doing what you're saying. I go, you are so rare. <laughs> Honestly, I mean that. So it's because it works for anybody who does it. That's what's really interesting to me. And he's like, I'm actually doing it. And he's describing what he's doing. I was like, bro, you are rare. He's like, is that good? I go, it's incredible because you're actually doing it. Most people hear about God and then they just go on with their week. So anyway, so he goes, I just looked this last month and uh, $80,000 came into our account. Now, 500000 but 80000 would be a good start, isn't it? Yeah. So he goes, there were, it's not too many years ago where that was my whole year's 
salary. Now I did it in a month. So that we're getting stuff like that all. Isn't that cool? I think that stuff's cool. If you don't like it, then go somewhere else. So, uh, because that stuff motivates me like nobody's business. It's just so fun to me. So anyway, I want to get into this. I got a couple more testimonies I want to share. Um, all right. So let me share this with you. Let me, get, let me get my phone out. I was looking at John today. Um, <clears throat> just what it means about sonship and what it means to be a son. And I think in the West, we take this really lightly. Like it, when Jesus said, I'm the son of God, it got him killed. Because if you look in John 10, where he says, for what good works do you want to kill me? And they said, we're not killing you for any good work. He said, because you calling yourself a son, what does it say? Make yourself equal to God. See, to a, to a Hebrew mind, if you were a son or a daughter, that's not gender specific. So if you're a son or a daughter, what that literally means is you're making yourself equal to God. And then Jesus tells us, He says, you know what? When I send the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit means set-apart spirit. It's Guys, I'm just telling you, it's so much bigger and deeper than praying in tongues. It's so much better than that. And even if we take Paul's writings, he only talks about that once in Scripture. And then he says, hey, all that's going to go away, but the thing that's going to last is you're going to realize you're one with agape love. That trumps everything. But I hear most, most, most New Testament believers, if they're baptized in the Spirit, they think it's praying in tongues. I go, it's so, so better than that, to be honest with you. Um, it's, we, Jesus says this, when I send you the Holy Spirit, the set-apart Spirit, in that day, you're going to know I'm in you, you're in me, and you're going to realize you're a son. And you're going to cry out, Abba, Father. That got Jesus killed, but he goes, you're going to get a revelation that you can cry out, Abba, Father. Now, so here's to the Jewish mind. They said, when you call yourself a son, you're making yourself equal to God. So if you're calling yourself a son or a daughter, what are you making yourself? Equal to God. Now, does Scripture say that? All over the place. Let me just share John 17. This is pretty cool. I want to share something with you. And I wrote this down, hopefully. I got too many pieces of paper. Oh, yes, I did. Thank you, Father. So... All right, John 17. So John 16, that's where he says, you know what? In that day, you're going to realize you're a son, and, uh, and you, can, you, can call, you don't need a mediator anymore. You can go straight to me and ask whatever you will, and you shall receive it so you can be full of joy. Amen? It doesn't say anything about the stuff you've been taught about prayer, where it says, you know, he works in mysterious ways. Sometimes he says yes. Sometimes he says no. Sometimes he says maybe if you, don't, if you haven't confessed your sin, he doesn't answer your prayer. You cannot find that anywhere in Scripture. I don't know where these prayer guys are getting any of this, to be honest with you. Because over and over and over and over and over and over and over in Scripture, it's ask, receive, ask, receive, ask, receive, ask, receive. So you can be this excited bride of Christ. Amen? Isn't that good? So, so here's John. So in John 16, he says, hey, you know what? This is actually starts in John 14. And if you go read all that, 14 through 17, it's really good. But this one hit me today for some reason. And he says this. He says, um, I'm going to start in verse 21. So John 17, 21 says, uh, that they all may be one, that's singular, as you, Father, art in me and I am in you, that, you, that they also may be one in us. He's talking about us, right? <clears throat> that the world may believe that thou hast sent me. And the glory which you gave me, this is Jesus saying, the glory that you gave me, I give to who? You. The glory which I, you gave me, I've given them that they may be one just as we are one. Now, glory, I was looking it up. Some of you guys know it. It's like doxa. And I think most of us, at least for me growing up, the glory of God. When I thought about the glory of God, it had nothing to do with me. It had everything to do with God. Is that kind of how most of you guys grew up? But not what Jesus is saying. He says, listen, they're going to be one, just as we are in one. And the glory which you gave me, I give them that we may be one, even as we are one. Now, doxa, glory, is this in Strong's. It says, his honor, his glory, especially his divine quality, the unspoken manifestation of God, his splendor. 
Now let's read it like that, okay? Here's what he says. That they may be one as you, Father, really, Jesus is saying, I want them to know we're one as you and I are one, that they also may be one in us, that they may believe that thou hast sent me. And the honor, glory, especially your divine quality, and the unspoken manifestation of God, and your splendor, I give them. Is that awesome? So, you have his doxa, his glory. And really, it's like this weightiness is what it is. It's this awe of, are you kidding me? That's who I am? Now, that is such a far cry from your separate, say these magic words, and he jumps in, and now you're going to go to heaven. Again, if you're not good, he can, you can jump back out. That's Christian doctrine, right? Backslider you. <laughs> when you backslide, where do you backslide? Right back into perfection. It's a beautiful deal. You can't go anywhere except in your mind. That's what he's trying to say. I've given you my honor, my glory, your divine quality, your unspoken manifestation of God in my splendor. Father, you gave that to me, and I give it to every one of these people. Isn't that good? Now when we pray, it should be a little bit different. So when we're praying, we're not begging God. That's where I got the title. It's just from our Bible school again. He's like, you guys have heard me say this, but it really hit me. He's like, you're not begging God. You're behaving God. I was like, that is awesome. That is awesome. And that's really what I want us to get. And that's what Jesus is trying to say. He's like, listen, in that day, they're going to realize you're a son. And if you're a son, you're a co-equal with the Father. And if we pray, it's as if Jesus and the Father are praying. That's what I'm trying to get you guys to get. So if Jesus and the Father are praying when you pray, doesn't that help your, your faith level a little bit? Has nothing to do with you. He's given you his glory, his splendor, everything. So and I want to just, uh, so let's go to this first slide real quick. I just want to show you some of these things. And we're going we're to actually pray a little bit tonight. And so <clears throat> when you come up against any situation, anything, um, first of all, whatever he has, he's unlimited. We all kind of believe that, right? With God, all things are possible. We all quote that. But he said, listen, the same glory that I've been given, I've given every one of you. I've given you my divine quality and my manifestation of God and my splendor. Is that cool? So if you have his splendor, we're in good shape, aren't we? So realize, first thing, when, oh, and this is kind of cool, guys, is uh, I'll, I'll share this, this next year with, about these testimonies. About the, so we're putting together that prayer group, but I desperately don't want to call it a prayer group because it sounds so religious. So I'm trying to find a name. What, what would be a good name? Just, it's a group of people that know what they're doing. So when people call in, write in, email, etc., we actually can get them answers in prayer. And not, because if their life isn't changing, then what are we doing, right? So I don't want to call it a prayer group. I told Art, because whenever I would get around, I've, I've gone to a couple Bible studies in my life, and every time I was like, is that the blind leading the blind or what? That's like slit my wrist rather than be there. It's just, really, I'm just not trying to be negative. It's just like, oh, it's just like, <laughs> we're joking about it. It's like, my Bible says, I'm like, you'll know what your Bible says. Put it down. So you'll understand it. I promise you, you don't understand it. If you don't have a Hebrew mind, I think it's really difficult to understand, personally. It's, uh, so I'm trying to get people, because he says, the New Testament is written where? On your heart. Even Paul says this. He says, listen, the letters written in ink will do what to you? Kill you. Right? So what are we doing? If the New Testament's written in our heart, then what are we doing? So we can look at it and scripture, but every scripture has to bow to the perfect love of Jesus Christ. Otherwise, we interpret it wrong. Okay? So you're divine. You're noble. So when people call in, I'm like, there's a part of me. I'm like, stand up. Stand up. You don't know you're a son. You're a daughter. Rise up a little bit. Like, get something in you. Right? It's like, uh, I don't want to say that. <clears throat> so realize you're divine, you're noble, you're a king. This is what scripture's talking about. You're not a beggar. You're not begging God. I think that's most people's prayers. So that, to me, that's why I don't want to call it a prayer group because I know my perception of a prayer group in a Bible study is like the, most people's. Going, oh, geez, that'll be the most boring thing in the world. Like, when can we get out of here, right? At least that was me, wasn't it? She, we would go and we'd always like, we, we know better. Why did we go to that goofy thing? So... So I thought, man, maybe these guys, like, no, they don't know what they're doing. So, 
the types and shadows in Genesis, we'll go into that a little bit tonight too, because I think it points to it. It's, it's types and shadows pointing to the real thing that is you and I now in Christ Jesus. So then Jesus tells us this. Uh, well, Genesis, he tells us, I'm going to go through a little bit of the Hebrew word pictures again tonight, because I think it's beautiful. When you look at subdue, he's like, I've given you um, the ability to have dominion and subdue the earth. So anything physical, he says, I've given you this ability to, to subdue it. Isn't that good news? I find most people have no idea how to do it. They're still begging a distant God trying to do it. And Jesus comes and he says, where, where do you do it? In here. So the Jews, the Hebrews are looking for an earthly kingdom. And he says, no, no, no. The kingdom's in you. And it's already here. So your imagination, your emotion is the actual creative power of God within you to free you from every difficult or impossible situation. We're going to teach you how to do it. Is that cool? And that's why we're getting all these testimonies. So anyway, let's, let's hit this uh, first slide here again. So I wanted to show you something. So here's Genesis 2-7. If you got on the, the fellowship, online fellowship last Sunday night, I went through this a little bit because I was messing around. So the Hebrew word for imagination is a potter. You know, like a potter's wheel that forms clay. So isn't that neat? That he says the Hebrew word for your imagination is a potter, like a potter forms earthly things. Right? So in Genesis 2, 7, it says the Lord God formed, which really means he imagined as a potter. <clears throat> he formed man of dust. So he took earthly things and made us. And he did it in his imagination. And that the Hebrew word for formed is yatsar. It literally means to form or fashion the potter's authority over physical things, over the clay. Isn't that cool? Isn't that exactly what he says? He goes, I've created man and woman. They can subdue the earth. They can, they can take care of it. And I, I don't even have time, but if you go into bara and these different words, I'm like, oh my God, it's so good. So I'm just going to do this one and then review of last week's again. So it's three Hebrew letters right from right to left. So that little hand is <clears throat> yad. And so yad is, the, is your hand or the ability to do work. And then zod, like that kind of Z-Y looking thing, the picture of it is a man laying down or desire. Isn't that interesting? And then the last one that looks like a backwards R is resh, is a head. So here's what he's saying. He's saying your imagination is like a potter can form the earth. So what you do inside in the secret place of the Most High in your imagination is the ability to form the earth. And if you take the word picture, it literally means your imagination forms and fashions the earth like a potter by the work of man's head laying down. Is that hot or is that hot? I think that's awesome. And then he says, and I've given you that, by the way. Your imagination is divine. So we're not praying to a distant God, and I've shown you all those types and shadows, when he says, I'm going to preserve a way to the Garden of Eden. Let's just go to that next slide real quick. <clears throat> I showed you this last week. I think it's cool. Or two weeks ago. So Genesis 3, 24, he tells us, uh, see, we, see, we read it as he kicks us out of this garden, etc. But if he's never kept any record of wrong, and he loves us perfectly, do you think he, he, he how I was interpreted, like Adam sinned, and then Eve and both Adam lied about it, and God was so angry, he turned his back, said, get out of this garden. Isn't that kind of how you? Yeah. But wait a minute. If he's the same yesterday and today ever, isn't he? And perfect love never keeps record of wrong, would he do that? Or is it possible that how the early church taught is we had this whole Genesis narrative a little bit wrong, and Jesus came to correct it? That's the early church. They said, we must keep the Old Testament because it's man's impression of who God is. And then Jesus comes and wrecks it all and tells us who he really is. He's perfect love. But even then, we see types and shadows. So it says, if you really look at it in Hebrew, it says, God preserved a way to the Garden of Eden. And Eden literally means luxury, dainty, delight between the cherubim. Now, as I've been showing you, where are the cherubim? Your brain, the two cerebrum, right? The holy of holies is right here. The secret place where you can't see God. And that's what Paul's revelation and Jesus' revelation. He goes, hey, by the way, you're the tabernacle. And the tabernacle I'm going to restore is David's tabernacle, which both Jew and Gentile could come with no animal sacrifice. They just came with shouts of joy. And it's, the presence of God is covered with skin. And that's, what does that sound like? You and I. Amen? It's not Solomon's temple made of stone. It says, no, 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 it's, that's not the temple I'm going to restore. It's not made with man's hands. It's hewn by the Father. So you and I are hewn the work of man's ha God's hands, right? So anyway, he restores David's tabernacle, which is just happy. But I thought, 
what's really interesting is Eden is Ayin Dalet Nun, and Ayin is what you see. Where, where are we seeing this? Between the cherubim, right? So it's what you see, not with these physical eyes. It's your, your mind's eye, your eye of the mind, right? What you see is the doorway or the path to life. So God preserved, when you see between the cherubim, it's not your physical eyes. It's what you use your imagination for, what you can see with your mind, is the doorway to Eden. Luxury, dainty, delight. Isn't that how a, a husband would spoil his bride? Aren't those words we would use? Isn't that cool? So everything's here, guys. It's in our hearts and minds. It's divine. So anyway, I want to share a couple things with you because uh, I, I love this kind of stuff. So, <clears throat> so he's saying this. He says, you're a son, you're a daughter, which makes you co-equal with the Father. And you carry God's presence. You carry his anointing. You carry his uh, glory, which is his splendor, his divinity. Everything he has, you have. And we're literally swimming in it. Everything he is, John 1, Colossians 1, it says everything he is holds everything together. The quantum world, physics would tell you, we're all held together by this this infinite source of energy. They can't, they don't really describe it in, in Christian terms. They go, there's this infinite source of energy that's in every atom of the world and it operates in gratitude and love. Isn't that interesting? And then Jesus tells us in, in the, John and Paul tells us in Colossians, he says, listen, everything that is, is within me. And you're in that. So his abundance, his love, his healing, everything's available at all times and he's given us a divine heart and mind to simply form it and receive what he's freely given us that's really prayer we're not begging him to get him to do something he says i've made everything available to you and i've given you divinity so what you picture and see in your heart and mind is literally how you bring it from the spirit to the physical you have the ability like a potter to fashion the earth is that hot so when you're using your imagination to see something what are you literally doing you're bringing it from the unseen to the seen, like a potter has authority over the clay. I think that's awesome. So, so that's why we're starting this group. I don't know what to call it yet, but if you, if, if you need prayer already, you can just, we're, we're putting together an app. It's going to be really cool. So, and it all spurred out of, um, you know, if you've seen that uh, uh, Dr. Braden where he's, He's showing the, the Chinese. In fact, I wrote, I, I copied that, I think. Yes, I did. Awesome. Because I think this is key, guys. So he talks about the Chinese medicineless hospital where they have a 95% success rate healing any disease. Doesn't matter what it is. And they're not Christians. Isn't that interesting? They have just learned this truth that what they do in their heart and mind is real. And the physical field of energy, all the physical. Basically, your heart and mind create physical things, if you want to boil it down. Thoughts become things. And so anyway, <clears throat> I didn't want to show that video just for time, but you can go look at it. You can just write, medicineless hospital, cancerous tumor healed in less than three minutes. So if you see it, they've got three of these guys. They've got an ultrasound. This lady's got a, a tumor on her bladder. And I, so Dr. Braden interviews these guys. I want to share how they did it, okay? Because this is prayer. They nailed it perfectly. They're not begging a, a distant God. <clears throat> he says, they knew that her body had to respond to their belief. We would call that faith. Quantum world calls it whatever you think is going to happen, whether you're persuaded is going to happen, whatever you focus on, it's called the observer effect, whatever you focus on in your mind's eye will become. And that's real. Science shows you that. Like, when you don't focus on anything, it's a sine wave. It's unlimited. You tell me what you want to be, and then the minute they go, I want it to be this, it shows up awesome. We call that the kingdom of God. So it says, <clears throat> her they knew her body had to respond to their beliefs. The field rearranges the physical. So what they're doing with their heart and mind rearranges the physical. Now, this is key. And I think this is going to be very different than a lot of you guys if you grew up charismatic, word of faith, spiritual warfare, binding, loosing, everything else. They didn't think about right or wrong. So they didn't rebuke this cancer. I rebuke you, cancer. People spitting, whatever, on these people. Falling down barking, whatever. I've seen enough of it. that <laughs> Just like, good Lord, man. 
how can I get out of here? So <clears throat> they didn't think about right or wrong. They didn't think about good or evil, which is dualistic. And isn't it interesting? Scripture says, resist not evil. Doesn't it? So when you see evil, you don't, you don't come against it like most people do. Here's how they do it. They said the physical, what they're seeing, this, this lady's tumor, simply mirrors what was in her heart and mind. It's, so her body's reacting to what's truly in there. So if there's guilt, there's shame, there, who knows what's in there. <clears throat> so they didn't visualize the tumor, tumor dissolving. They didn't try fix the bladder or heal it. They didn't judge the tumor as right or wrong, as good or bad. It's just a possibility of many possibilities. All things are possible, right? Now here's, here's where it really gets to the meat in my opinion. So they just chose a different possibility. So when you pray, what would, if somebody's got cancer on their bladder, what should we be praying for? A perfect bladder, right? Not trying to rebuke the cancer, not trying to make it go away. They knew the language of prayer. The diagnosis is true at that moment. So they didn't choose, a, but they chose a different outcome. That's what he says. I've set before you life and death. Choose what you want. But since we don't know that our imagination and our heart are divine, we start begging God, not realizing I've given you my glory. Amen? So they didn't judge it. They didn't say this has to go away. What they did do is they felt the feel. I'm quoting now. They felt the feeling in their heart, a coherent heart-based emotion, not just a thought or asking the condition to change, begging. They knew and felt the feeling as if she was fully healed and fully enabled. They knew that the feel generated by their heart and mind, that matter had to conform to it. They felt the feeling of gratitude and appreciation that, what she, that she was already healed. So they were like, thank you, Father, that she's whole. Not, Father, please heal her. I rebuke this cancer. Doesn't that sound like most prayer? Binding and loosening. We saw all that, right? Like, oh, man. These guys just like, oh, thank you, Father, that her, her, her bladder's whole. They saw it and felt as if it's whole. They knew the physical absolutely must conform to the field they were creating with their heart and mind. That's prayer, man. Isn't that good? They understood their divinity. Time for Christians to do that, don't you think? I'm going to share a couple more testimonies with you. See, once you get, the, once you get it, um, our hearts are naturally designed to have faith. I think most Christians are this. They, I, I just hear it in their language. They talk about their faith. And most people, I think it's boiled down to, I believe Jesus is real, therefore I'm saved. They would call that faith. Saved is this word called sozoed, healed. Now, what's really interesting is if you read scripture, it's in, in James. James is going, listen, you believe in Jesus? Whoop-de-whoop, even the demons believe in Jesus. That's what it says, doesn't it? It says no big deal, but we've made it our, the whole theology in the West. Like, if you believe in Jesus, you have faith. No, you don't. No, you don't. The demons even have believe, faith then. It says they believe in Jesus and shudder. Now, you don't have to worry about any demonic because demonic is just life backwards. It's using the divinity of God in the wrong way. So it's believing the wrong thing, and it'll, it'll create. It's fascinating. So... That's not faith. Faith is being persuaded of something. What I'm trying to get you to be persuaded of is he's given you all things that pertain to life and godliness. Any blessing he's got, he's given you. And he's made you co-equal with him. He says, I'm, you're a joint heir of Jesus Christ. I'm calling you a son or a daughter, which makes you a co-equal. Isn't that interesting? Got Jesus killed. Sounds blasphemous to us, but that's what he's trying to say. In that day, I'm going to realize you're in me and you're in one. They're going to realize we're one with us, Father. That we're, you can't separate us. As they pray, it's as if I'm praying. You don't need a mediator. You can go straight to the Father. Father, thank you that this is what's going on. I can see it here and I can feel it here. It is done in Jesus' magnificent name. Amen? Now, I want to share a couple of things with you, some testimonies. Now, I'm not telling you to go get these books because there's a lot of legalism in some of them. But uh, you guys know who Yongi Cho is, right? He's a word of faith hero. Now, Barbara and I read him early on, and it fired us up, but there's so much legalism, you don't have to do this. What's really fascinating to me now, when I go pull these books off the, off the shelf, I'm like, gosh, it's so good, but then all of a sudden, they, they add all this legalism. So what, what they really do, it'll work for any of you. So he tells this story where um, this guy gets hit by a car, 
and uh, they didn't operate him for hours and hours. And so the, the, he's finally in the hospital, and they call him. At, they call Dr. Cho at the Christmas service, and they go, his intestines are ruptured in three places. He's full of his own excrement, and some of you guys know it, right? It's like once your internal organs, so he's full of his own stuff, and blood's all over. He's, he's pretty much good as dead. And so Dr. Cho says, operate on him, and when I get there, we'll take care of it. All right? Now, here's what he says. So after the Christmas service, I rushed to the emergency room, and there he was, totally unconscious. The doctor again said there would be no hope. Reverend, don't expect anything. He is dying. By the way, don't ever call me Reverend. Yeah, jeez. <laughs> what a thing, right? I can't even picture that. So I'm just, I'm you and me. We're one, right? We're just both mildly stupid in this thing. Thank God he gave us his glory. So when we opened his stomach, there were three places the intestines were completely cut off. The areas were filled with his own excrement and dirt. There was no hope. I replied, I'll do my best. When I went in, he was in a deep coma. I knelt beside him and said, Lord, give me five minutes. <clears throat> Let him come out of the coma for five minutes. As I was praying, I felt something moving. I opened my eyes, and the man opened his eyes. Oh, pastor, I'm dying, he cried. Now, here's the, the meat of this thing. I knew that I had five minutes. I replied, you cannot say that. As long as you keep saying that, you're going to die. I can't help you. You must change your imagination and thinking. Change your vision and dream, for the only way to carry out dominion over this third dimension material world, Hebrew word for imagination is what? Potter. We have authority over the clay. Using your imagination. What you see in your mind has authority over the physical. Man, if you can get that. Change your vision and your dream, for the only way to carry out dominion over this third dimensional world is through your imagination and visions and dreams. So listen to me. Picture a young man. He says goodbye to his wife. He's full of beauty. He's full of health. He goes to his office and completely completes his business successfully. So he's telling him, stop saying you're going to die already. Right? You need to change your thought process. See what you really desire. When you pray, see what do you really want? Because what you're, what you're showing him face to face between the cherubim is your imagination, the picture you're presenting. So he says, <clears throat> uh, all the people re respected, admire this young man. Evening arrives, he buys nice gifts for his wife who's waiting for him to come home and eat, eat dinner. When he arrives, she rushes out to the gate and welcomes him with a big hug and kiss. They, get into, they go into the house, they share a delicious meal together and a quiet evening at home. That man I'm talking about is you. Think of that man. Draw that picture in your mind. Look at that man and say in your heart, that man is me. So he's telling them how you change your subconscious, which is really your heart, what you believe internally, are the words you tell yourself and the pictures you have in your mind, your heart and emotion. Don't draw a picture of death. Don't draw a picture of a dead corpse. Keep on dreaming about that man, and I'll do the praying. Just draw a mental picture. Yes, I will change my dream. I'll change my thinking. I'll start to say that I'm that man. I'll try to make that vision and dream a reality. I see it, he cried. When they were walking in, the surgeon came in. Then he talks about it. Fifteen minutes later, he was, he was, everything started to get better. He was out of the hospital within a week. But what did he tell him to do? He didn't beg God to heal him. What did he tell him to do? See and feel what you want your end to look like, didn't he? See, you, see this man fully whole and act it out in your mind. Have this conversation with your wife. Now, this is kind of cool because I just did this, um, uh, another Inspire 100, and I got this from... Um, Carrie and Cheryl Hickman, and so they have an elderly mother. We, they prayed for her a while back, and, and she, was, she was in pretty rough shape in intensive care, and her blood pressure went to nothing. And, and, uh, and we just said, you know what, Cheryl? See your mom calling you from the hospital going, I feel awesome, Cheryl. Get me out of here. I can't believe how fast I was whole. And the next day it happened. So what did she do? She acted out what she wanted to happen in her mind. So anyway... Fast forward to this last week. So I guess she had some water damage in her home. She's elderly in her 80s. And uh, so the insurance company gave her money. She, she gave the money. And Cheryl, please correct me if I get this wrong. You can email me. I think I got it good enough where people will get the deal. So um, she's like, hey, can Inspire 100 help? I go, absolutely. Because I guess this construction company took the money. They did a couple things and said, oh, by the way, we're not going to fix the rest till January. And so she's going, can we get some extra money to, so my mom actually has her bathroom done, <laughs> like she can go potty, right? <clears throat> so, and honestly, I was like, absolutely, we'll do it. But I can just tell you, I just, 
I said, you know what? Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to picture Cheryl calling me, and the, this construction company is going to give all the money back. They're going to have enough money, and they're going to complete this deal. And so she just writes, happy, happy Freedom Family and Inspire 100. I'm happy to report that all, everything's come together. After terminating the services of the previous company, they're actually returning all the money. She should receive this check this week. Praise the Lord. She already received two other estimates. That are, oh, and the other part was they said, we're not going to do it. And by the way, the insurance company didn't give you enough money. We need this much more. So that's what Inspire was going to take care of. But isn't it better to just not have to do it? We can give it to somebody else. And, because Cheryl and Carrie have faith which I love. So she's already received two estimates that are within the money she has already has, and the money that's going to return to her, she will have the funds to pay for the repairs. She wanted to be expressing gratitude and heartfelt thanks for her offer to help. And I can just tell you guys, that's exactly the conversation I had in my mind. And I wrote her that. I said, I pictured you telling me everything's fine. The construction company gave their money back, and another company's going to do it within budget, and she'll have enough money left over. Is that cool? Let me do one more. Because I think testimonies are everything. So this is one, uh, my friends, Bill and Ann. So you guys okay if I go hit the edges of yeah. radical people? I, <laughs> see, once you get that and people are getting results, I'm like, I'm all over it. Because I know there's one spirit, there's one father, there's one body. So this is from, and I'd never heard of this guy, Joseph Murphy. Now I love him, Dr. Murphy, because he's radical. you know. Anyway... <clears throat> So here's this lady, and this is because I wanted to get, this really fits into the glory of God what I'm trying to share with you. Then we'll, we'll, we'll pray and we'll be done. So, dear Dr. Murphy, words cannot express my gratitude from your instructions, how to connect. He calls it the infinite, infinite power within me. It's a good description. Do you have infinite power within you? Yeah, you do. Some of these new age guys call it the infinite power, the universe, whatever. We call it the Holy Spirit. We call it God himself. We call it perfect love, agape. So... <clears throat> So he says, she says, words cannot express my gratitude for instruction on how to connect to the infinite power within me. I just wrote, how to connect to the true power of God within me and the marvelous response I received. I began to think about what you said, that all the power of the Godhead was within my own mind, and I can use that. I began to think that this power was greater than hydrogen bombs, atomic energy, electricity, and all that these were as nothing compared to the all-powerful God within you. Let me say that. If you've seen Jesus, you've seen the fullness of a God in a body. And as a son or a daughter, when they see you, what do they see? The fullness of the Godhead in a body, in a tabernacle made of skin, you and I. Isn't that wild? That's a great way to meditate on that, going, the power within me. So did God create atomic energy? Yeah, of course he did, right? So if everything he has is available to you, the power within you is greater than hydrogen bombs, atomic energy, electricity, and nothing is compared to the awful God within you. For 10 days, I was unable to lift my arm upward without unbearable pain, which caused me to, to scream at times. On the way to my family doctor, I turned to the cosmic power. You can just say the power within me, my oneness, the divinity within. I'm going to meet you between the cherubim in the secret place where you can't see me. That's where the kingdom dwells, which is in you and I. We, harness, we, we tabernacle the power of God. I turned into the cosmic power within and affirmed through the power of the Almighty within me. And they capitalize it. They know it's God. I'm now moving my arm freely. I lifted my arm to a horizontal position with no pain whatsoever. I moved it more freely than had, than had been possible for weeks. The doctor tested my arm and all goes well. Truly, the kingdom of God is within each one of us. Respectfully, then she gives her name. She consciously discovered that this power is in her own mind and a marvelous healing resulted. Attach yourselves to God's power and let wonders begin to happen in your life. The power within you is inexhaustible. It's eternal. It's infinite. You have reserves of infinite wisdom, boundless love, infinite intelligence, absolute harmony, absolute peace, fullness of joy, indescribable beauty, and the infinite healing presence. All of these powers, capabilities, energies are within you waiting for you to call upon it. How do we call upon it? Ask and you shall receive so your joy may be full. That Greek word ask is a hetio. It literally means I'm a son or a daughter. I own everything that the Father owns. I'm one with him. Father, I thank you that if I'm one with you and I own everything already, then this is already mine in your mind. Does that make sense to you? And if you can picture exactly how you want it to turn out in your mind, 
That is the divinity of God released. And what you picture is going to come to pass. It's as simple as that. Is that cool or is that cool? Does that help you? So now we're not begging God and like, I'll pray for your brother. Exactly. That's kind of like me. like, I got this. Stop already. Stop. There's something far greater than that. It's called his love. Amen. The doorway to joy is between the cherubim. It's what you think and tell yourself within. Amen. Realizing that's creative. So you got it? All right. Next slide. We'll be done here in five minutes. So realize that what you focus on between the cherubim, he says, I preserved a way to the garden of pleasure so you can have pleasure, delight, joy. Um, I came to give you Zoe, everything I have, and to give you life measly, more abundantly. You're to this, he's given you his splendor is what it says, his glory, his doxa, amen? So we, what you see and feel in your heart and mind is real. This is what we have to get. We just think it's our imagination. But quantum physics, they'll tell you over and over and over. All these guys are telling you the same thing. What you see in your mind is creative, and it will come to pass. It's not any harder than that. So what you, quantum says this, is what you observe will become real. Thoughts become things, if you really want to make it simple. And aren't our thoughts powerful? If you have a negative thought, what happens? You feel bad, don't you? So when we have wrong emotions, to me, it's not to, not to rebuke those emotions and all these weird things I've heard people try to do. It's to realize, wait, wait a minute, I'm telling myself something that's not right about myself. Because I'm supposed to be feeling joy. And if I knew that I have access to everything, his intelligence, his abundance, his anything that he has is available at all times, all I simply need to do is start to picture it in my mind and realize I'm already a joiner and it's mine. And combine that with the emotion as if it's already done. That's the heart, how you engage the heart, because the heart is a million times more powerful than this. And I see most Christians, they're very well developed here, are they not? They can tell you all about God, but they can't heal an ant. Can they? They'll tell you, stuff. God doesn't heal anymore, you've got to pray in tongues, read the Bible more, all this stuff, because my Bible. I'm like, no. <laughs> and I'm not trying to get against them. Like, it's not working. I've, I've tried to do it your way, and it didn't work, so I'm going back to my way. My way would just work. Stuff worked, didn't it? Like, thank you, Father, that I'm perfectly loved son and daughter. I have access to everything you are, and I'm supposed to be the light to the world. You and I are supposed to be that, amen? We're supposed to be able to be a, a, a priest, meaning we can represent God to them. We can help them pray. We go, just change your thought process, because what you're thinking on the majority of the time is what's exactly happening in your life. That's good news to me, because I go, if I can get myself into this problem, then I can get myself out. True? At least to me, it's good news. Because they're like, gosh, we're so crazy most of the time. And he still favors us, loves us, blesses us, heals us as if nothing happened. Because that's what love does. Amen? So anyway, so how do we do this? What you see and feel in your heart is real. It's creative. It's the power of God himself. Realize it's not you trying to create, like trying to make something out of nothing. That's not what it is. Everything that he, everything that's, he's created is already available at all times. For you, waiting to go, oh, thank you, Father, I'll take that. Right? Like my friend going, I'm seeing $500,000 a month in my account. Got a good start. I got 80 last month. Good. Pretty good, isn't it? He wasn't sad. I was like, that's awesome, man. By the way, Barb and I are available. <laughs> We're willing to go to the game. So, uh, <laughs> hint. No. <clears throat> I did take her on a hot date to Jackson Hole this week. Little mama. So it's so fun. I love it. <clears throat> so anyway, <sighs> it's the creative power of God. It's he, when you realize it's him bringing it to pass, his divinity is within you. He says, I've hid it within you, and it's one with you. And that, in that day, when you realize you're a son and daughter, a co-equal with me, you're going to realize, oh, my gosh, I'm a son. I'm a daughter. I own everything in the Father's house. I already own it. How do we do it? The way back to this delight, this garden where we can form anything earthly is between the cherubim. It's your divine imagination. It tells us over and over and over in Scripture. Isn't that real? And you guys know this. If, we, if you start meditating on the wrong thing, does you feel better or worse? You feel worse. And if you do it long enough, that's who you are. As a man thinks in his heart, so is you. The great news is he says the parable of the sower is your heart is the earth. And you get to choose what seed you want to plant in there, knowing that whatever thought is the seed, whatever you dwell on and plant 
it produces a harvest of exactly what you want. So if you don't want what's going on in your life, plant different things. So if you're struggling with, with finances, hey, 16,000, 30, thank you, Father. I have this coming into my house. Then I like it. Like, yeah, I heard 32. Why not a half a million? I go, why not a million? What I'm working on is I want to make the same amount of money in one day as I've made my whole life. It's a good one, isn't it? If all things are possible, let's do that one. That's why I was like, you know what, Lord, screw this. I'm after this thing, right? Not to brag or anything else, just to display his splendor. Like, oh my God, wouldn't that make you joyful? Make me joyful too. Make my wife joyful too. So, all right. So if, you're, if you've got a health challenge, if you've got a relationship challenge, whatever, all things are possible. You don't come against it. You don't rebuke it. Resist not evil. What do you do? You choose something else. I really want my life to look like this. When you pray, believe you already have it, then you'll have it. So you can be joyful. That's what John tells us. Isn't it? Isn't it? And what are we doing? Ah, oh, let's pray, sister. Totally pathetic. <laughs> Depressed. <laughs> like, no, stand up. You're a son or your daughter. Whatever you put in your mind will come to pass. Before you see it, it's already real. And that's how you bring it from the unseen to the seen. You're divine. You guys getting this? I hope you're getting this. All right. So decide what you'd like to receive in prayer. Choose a different outcome. Thank you, Father. I already have the whole thing. I'm a joint heir of you. So I would like to do this with my life. And it's unlimited. What do you want to do? So you're not begging God. As if somehow he's going to change. He doesn't change. Doesn't it say he's the same yesterday and today and forever? So what do you want? You can have it. Okay? So you're not begging God. You're behaving God is what our teacher told us. Stop begging God. I'm not as blind as you are, he said. I saw somewhere he already gave it to me. Hallelujah, man. So you're forming the earth like a potter. Your imagination is like a potter and has authority over the clay, is what it says in Hebrew. See, act out. Act. Here's what Yongi Cho. Hey, this guy's going to die. I'm dying. You cannot do that. That's what he's telling them. See yourself as this young, vibrant, healthy person and in your imagination, have a conversation with your wife where you're running into the house. Can you see it? Yes, I see it. That's prayer. Now, if you, already, if you know that it's real, you have to accept the fact that that's real. It's fact. It's fact. Here's what Neville says. Uh, he says this. He says, how does he say it? He says, um, the imaginal act, what you imagine becomes fact. The imaginal act becomes fact. Your imagination is divine. It says it over and over in Scripture. So, the earth, you have the ability to subdue the earth. You have the ability to choose a situation you want, knowing that what you create here is real, even though you can't see it yet in the physical. But you will see it in the physical. So keep your mind's eye where? Focused on the right thing between the cherubim, right? Keep your mind focused on the right thing. So, you've planted a seed. You get to choose what you want to plant. Father, I want this in my life. Now, if you realize he's already said, yes, I have that, how's that going to make your emotional state? If you can imagine anything and go, if I can imagine it, it's a possibility and it's real, how am I going to feel? Are you kidding me? Thank you, Father, right? So your joy may be full. That's why I want to do radical stuff with all you guys. Let's just get crazy good, isn't it? I came to give you life and life more abundantly. Think about this. He owns everything and he goes, it's life more abundantly than you can even think. And I'm trying to tell you, you already own everything, so it's bigger than that. I don't know how that works, but that's what he's trying to say. That's good news, isn't it? So if I can have everything, then if we need to have all 8,000 seats August 18 at the Yankees-White Sox game and I, we're getting all 8,000 seats in Jesus' name. Now you guys can stay here if you want to stay in your Bible group, but we're going. And I'm going to have fun. <coughs> And I'm going to have an adult soda and a hot dog with chili and cheese on it. And be healthier than all the health nuts. That's how it works. Because what I plant in my heart is real, right? Ha. <coughs> ah. 
So what you imagine is like, Jesus says, Let's, your heart is like soil. Whatever your thought is the seed. Whatever you plant there, you're going to receive that harvest. So you've planted, the, this is the secret of the kingdom of God, what Jesus said. If you understand this parable, you understand everything I'm teaching. If you don't understand this parable, you're going to race everywhere. Go to Bible school, go to this, go to that, trying to find me. And you can't find me there. You'll find me when you realize we're one. Get it? And all you need to do is you're one with the Father. And whatever you do in here, you will receive so you can be a radical, crazy blast. Have fun. So the physical must conform, just like these guys with the cancer. They realize, like, thank you, Father. We see her whole. We see her vibrant. We, they practiced her telling them, I'm whole. I'm whole. I can't believe it happened this fast. That made them joyful. Knew that the physical realm had to conform to the spiritual realm. What you create with your heart and mind will rearrange the physical. So if you don't like the physical going on, change the seed that you're planting. That's it. And that's why Romans 4, 17 makes so much sense. God calls those things that are not seen as though they were. And then what happens? What you do in here will become seen. Isn't that what Jesus said? Hey, don't go out here and have prayer meetings and everything else like all the religious people that where they're doing it to be seen. What does he tell them? Go into your closet. Don't build a physical closet. It's all spiritual meaning. You guys understand this. But he goes, what you do in secret will be seen by all. So what are you, the secret place of the Most High is where? Between the cherubim and your divine brain. What you do there will be seen by all. Amen? You guys got it? Yeah. Oh, you can get to your feet. Does that help? Yes. Is this good? You don't get tired of this stuff? No. Some people are like, you're sharing the same thing. I go, of course, because there's only one message in the whole thing. It comes at it from different facets, but there's only one message. The one message is you are a son and daughter of the Father, and he perfectly loves you. Amen? All right, Father, we love you. We praise you. Man, thank you for the testimonies. Thank you for the people that are getting this, that they can go home tonight and just start getting creative again, writing things. Ah, Father, thank you. If you could do this. And then they realize, wait a minute. If I can picture it in my mind, that is divine. And what I do there is going to be seen by all. If I can accept the fact that what I picture in my mind is more real than what I see now, everybody's going to see what I'm seeing in my mind. That is how divinity works. And we all carry it for the display of his splendor. So, Father, there's nothing that's impossible to them, which means there's to you, which means nothing's impossible to us. If we're truly one, and the same glory you gave Jesus, Jesus freely gave all of us, then thank you, Father. We're getting it. And we're manifesting sons and daughters that just exhibit your love, your creativity, your healing, your abundance. Everything you have, we want to give away freely to other people so they can enjoy you. In Jesus' magnificent name. Amen, amen, amen. If you need prayer, come on up. But I just taught you how to do it. Oh, yeah, Michael. Yeah, if you want to give. Thank you. Sorry. Oh, thank you guys that give online and everybody here. Father, we just thank you that as we picture you, that's what Paul's trying to tell us in 2 Corinthians hey, I'm the same God that just gives a little bit because that's all they see me as, but I'm the same God that goes, I give them seed and whatever they do with it will not only harvest more back, but it takes care of the rest of my body so that all grace abounds to me. That's how we see you, Father, that we truly, as we give, it comes back overflowing enough for us and to take care of every need. As it goes out, it comes in. It's this abundant flow that never stops. Everything you have is flowing through every atom of us at every time so we can freely give. Thank you for what you're doing with Inspire 100. Thank you, Father, that we're tangibly showing these people the true love of the Father. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. You can give on the way out here. Michael, I'll give this to you, bud.